When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio, the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. See, senor, a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And hey, everybody, today on Wednesday already, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. <sighs> Raphael Warnock? Who's that? The guy who won the runoff in Georgia for the Senate. Uh, Democrats have 51-49 now. The red wave lost seats. Whoops! Uh, also could go with... Pearl Harbor and our World War II veterans. As today is Pearl Harbor Day. There you go. So the Democrats now will have 51 to 49 advantage in the U.S. Senate, even better than before the red wave. That's not the way, yes. a, not the way a red wave is supposed to work, is it? Well, listen, some would condemn the running crappy candidates experiment that the Republicans tried, but I thought it was bold. It was innovative. It was worth a go. That's something. I'd say it is, <laughs> and, and I think I think the the mainstream national media is always is misinterpreting what happens within a state. Um, they're talking about how the, the purpling of Georgia and how maybe the Republican trends. And no, crappy, crappy candidates. The drive-by media doesn't really watch them campaigning. Doesn't talk to the people in the streets. They don't know how it is. Well, Herschel uh, Walker. Uh, was a an historically bad candidate. Yeah. Maybe the worst Senate candidate for a major party ever. Yeah, I, I would suggest that the fact that he came within, I, I haven't seen the latest figures, I mean, since like an hour ago, but 
he lost by about a percent and a half or, or something like that, roughly. Um, the fact that a candidate as miserable and incompetent and utterly unqualified as Herschel Walker could come within a point and a half of winning shows that Georgia continues to be a terrific Republican stronghold. Right. That's probably better, better analysis, yes. Um, uh, we got more on that coming up later. I got a health thing for you. You know more about this sort of stuff than I do. Here's my question. Well, first of all, good to see you. It's a miracle cure. You, you were miserable yesterday. I think we might have a religious thing going on here. I think perhaps I have been raised or something. Uh, Can I claim that I prayed for your healing and that would make me a saint, I think? Um, what does that pay being a saint? Is there a stipend? From the Catholic Church, I mean? I have a couple questions here, though. So we're, okay. we're suffering under a triple-demic, right? Uh, the United States of America, and particularly yeah. the schools. I know um, my kids go to different schools, and, geez, there's so many students and teachers sick, and you either got uh, the COVID or the VCR. Is that what the other one is? <laughs> RSV or, yeah. or the flu. Or the flu. And, uh, and then, you know, just your regular colds and stuff that go around. I don't know if I had any of those, but I was I was uh, pretty dang sick for like 24 hours. I feel practically normal now. Um, uh, I didn't get out of bed for maybe the longest period of time in my entire life without leaving my bed, even to go to the wow. bathroom. I waited until my son got home from school at three yesterday and texted him on his watch, said, can you bring me some ibuprofen and some water? I was just dying, but I couldn't I just couldn't wow. man it, imagine getting out of bed. And yet here you are, bouncing back. Amazing. But, but here is, uh, here's a question I have. We've talked about this before. Uh, I think it was around, was it around heart transplants or something where people would get horrible headaches and they, for years, they could not figure out why do these patients always get horrible headaches. And then they figured out if you're a coffee drinker and you don't get your coffee, you have a mm-hmm. horrible headache. And so you go in and get your heart transplant and you'd go for days with the caffeine. And that's why you'd have a horrible well, headache. Yeah. With surgeries in general. Yeah. Post-surgical headache. They couldn't figure out the phenomenon. And I was wondering about that. Yesterday, I just had this insanely bad headache. Um, and I thought, is this because I'm a caffeine addict and haven't had any coffee? So have they recommended at this point, even if you're sick? I don't know if I could have kept coffee down. I felt so nauseous. But did they recommend at this point that even if you're really sick from whatever, that if you're a regular coffee drinker, drink your coffee? Because I don't know about you. If I skip my coffee, I get a bad headache. Like, bad mm. Yeah, I'm blessed to not have that problem, slave to the bean that I am. Uh, I think, yeah, they would they would say, yes, go ahead, but make sure you drink even more fluids because uh-huh. coffee is a diuretic. Yeah, it's co- coffee does, doesn't seem like a good thing to drink to me when you're sick, and I didn't, but, you know, it causes lots of people terrible headaches if you skip it, if you're an addict. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what the recommendation was on that. But then now I'm fine. So I don't know what that would be. What's a, what's a 24 hours can't get out of bed and then you're more or less fine? I don't know. I don't know. I remember a discussion of the 24 hour flu when I was a kid, but I think that was like intestinal illnesses. Yeah. Uh, anyway, not your respiratory thing. Um, so that's that. I hope you don't get any of the things that are floating around right now, man. It's tough. There's, there's the classrooms are about two thirds full. That's if you have your regular teacher, not a substitute schools all across the country because all the freaking diseases we got floating around that were like hunkered down during the COVID or hiding or something or they couldn't spread because we all wore masks. And now they're thinking now's our time and they're out and attacking all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's all we need. Huh? Uh, yeah. Well, what are you going to do? So, um, I, uh, I've heard a little bit about Herschel Walker's 
uh, condolence speech. I haven't actually heard any of it. I don't know if that was newsworthy or not. But I, uh, I heard somebody running through some of the things that had happened during his campaign or revelations during his campaign. There is no time in U.S. history where you would have even stayed in the race with, like, nine of those different things that, that he either said or we found out about him. You wouldn't even have right. stayed in the race, like, just a few years ago. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's how much things have changed. It's just extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it goes to show the gulf between the two parties. I mean, Republicans and even the right-leaning moderates said to themselves, you know, we're better off with this idiot than a, a Democrat. They didn't say that in enough numbers to get him elected, but, you know, again, well, he came and, pretty close. And, and, and when it comes to uh, whether or not a $3 trillion package passes, I would say, yeah, that's that's accurate. You'd be better off with the vote that stops that from happening than mm-hmm. uh, worrying about whether or not this guy should be senator. Yeah. In that particular instance. You know, sometimes I feel like we're a little, uh, you know, we assume too much. If, if you folks haven't followed it much, old Herschel Walker, who's conservative, uh, he railed against uh, fathers who don't raise their kids. He's strictly anti-abortion, et cetera, et cetera. Well, he fathered a bunch of kids out of wedlock who he has no involvement with. He paid for a couple of abortions of ex-lovers, and virtually everyone he ever dated said, yeah, he beat me. So, great candidate. Well, he didn't exactly come off as a genius even around other topics. Well, there's that as well. But he was the nominee. Our our primary because system Because he was so the nominee. Flawed. He was the nominee. Why? He was the nominee because Trump declared him the nominee back when Trump yes. still had that sort of juice. And why did Trump mm-hmm. pick him to be the nominee? Because he's a celebrity. Well, and he's an old friend. They've been buds forever. He loves celebrities. Well, and and that endorsement was enough to sway the primary. Sure. Um, you know, and, and the fact that Herschel Walker is like a, a super football hero for Georgia and has been for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it's difficult to to think of similar, uh, you know, sports legends. I'm, I'm kind of scanning the, the, the country and thinking about if there's anything that applies. I mean, I mean, if Babe Ruth were still alive and right in New York, he'd be pretty popular, I guess. Um, but anyway. Uh, he was a terrible candidate, and he lost. <laughs> oh, you know what? That's right. It, uh, it flitted out of my head who I was. I had a couple of choices for a general manager, and, and the one flitted out of my head. And I was thinking of going with German QAnon. Have you heard about that no, story? German QAnon. Holy crap. I do not know this story. The Germans, the Germans, uh, arrested many, many people who were planning an armed insurrection. Against the German government. Wow. They were going to go in and shoot up the uh, parliament or the Reichstag or whatever they have going these days. Wow. Yeah, okay. terrible. Want to hear more Crazy. about that? But we got to start the show officially or we're going to be in trouble with the FCC. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is How Did It Already Get to Be Wednesday, December 7th, the year 2022. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Still watching you, Japan. Let's begin officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. December 7th. 1941, a date which will live in infamy. Nano, no, no, I don't know. What, what was that? What was Two that? of the great presidential orators of our history there, Jack. What was the point of that? Eh, come on. <laughs> That's mean to an old man is what that was. 
You know, that whole uh, date that will live in infamy, and apparently it has it, because some people still remember December 7th as the day that Japan Japan attacked us, and uh, that was sort of the point of the New York Times op-ed piece I was reading from the other day, that uh, we have so few people that were alive during World War II left, I mean, as, as that goes away and goes away and goes away, people can't imagine you know, a major industrial com- com- country just attacking us out of nowhere, like happened right. on this day in 1941. But it could happen, and that's what the New York Times was talking about. If China decided to attack us, what would happen? Um, it can happen. It's the history of the world, you realize. It's happened over and over and over. The, the idea of it not happening would be the far outlier on the graph of right. from it happening. You know, it's funny you should bring that up. I just read part of a piece in The Atlantic. It was written in 1948 by a uh, high-ranking general in the U.S. I can't remember his credentials exactly, but he was discussing how we were caught uh, so unawares with our pants down uh, in in, uh, 1941. And he asked the question, is it possible for a democracy to be, uh, what what did he say? It it was a great metaphor uh, ready enough, tense enough on the starting line that you don't have a terrible start mm. when, indeed, you're attacked. Um, and whether it's just the nature of democracy that as as danger seems to get lower and lower, you just you don't stay ready. Interesting. Yeah. Um, caught with your pants down, that expression, I've heard it and used it my entire life. Is that a reference to you're on the toilet or... Uh, you're just you're 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 putting on your pants and not quite ready for the day yet. What does that refer to? Caught with or your pants you've just down. been engaged in coitus? Oh, I, I don't know. Probably not that. I don't know. I might have to look Why that not? up. Um, how <laughs> I'm do, a man. I have my needs. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's quite good. Yes, very nice. Okay, <laughs> okay. So we've got that on the way. Text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever, and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. One quite amazing stat out of the Georgia Senate runoff that we have not mentioned. Maybe we'll get to that later this hour. As the Democrats picked up another uh, Senate seat last night and now control the Senate 5149 for the next two years anyway. And if you thought American QAnon was wacky, wait till you meet the German version. It's similar. Deep state, etc. Uh, all sorts of stuff to talk about. I mean, a, there's no chance we get to all of it. Really interesting China news, Russia news, domestic stuff. The Idaho murders. I finally heard a theory that I'm thinking maybe. Oh, really? Maybe onto something. Interesting. I have no working theory on that. Yeah, I've been utterly perplexed, but uh, yeah, I'll share that with you, too, uh, before too long. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. It's a controversial one, Jack. It's from Soren Kierkegaard, the Danish philosopher. I'm always always quoting Kierkegaard all day long. People get tired of it. I know. I know I do. Uh, I I offer this only half seriously because I think it's an interesting story. Uh, and he, the Kierkegaard said, I quote, the lowest depth to which people can sink before God is defined by the word journalist. If I were a father and had a daughter who was seduced, I should not despair over her. I would hope for her salvation. But if I had a son who became a journalist and continued to be one for five years, I would give him up. Wow. In other words, wow. I'd rather see my daughter in a whorehouse <laughs> than my son in a newsroom. Wow. <laughs> Who wrote an unflattering article about Kierkegaard back in the day that made him so unhappy? Well, you've you've guessed part of it. Um, he was perturbed by an article about him in a Danish scandal sheet, the Corsair, okay. one of your like lowbrow uh, tabloids. And thereafter, he was lampooned for several years as an amiable lunatic, resulting in his being mocked in Copenhagen's streets. Kierkegaard grieved that the newspaper's venom isolated him from the common people whose company he used to enjoy so much. But well before this nasty period, he was deeply alarmed by the role of the press in Danish society because it both distracted humanity and distorted the truth. Distracted humanity. I like that. He and I could bond on that. And distorted the truth. Amen. K-man. Kierkegaard. They have to read. He's got a little more like bitterness and sarcasm in him than most philosophers. I'm attracted to that. <laughs> Mailbag. Oh, gee. Drop us a note, would you? Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. A couple of really interesting emails on the Hunter Biden laptop, Twitter, Matt Taibbi story, etc. Like this one. Uh, let's see. JT writes. Uh, well, first of all, he wants to know to what extent and how specifically Twitter was primed by the FBI and whether they were happily duped by the FBI or specifically told that this was Russian disinformation. Um, and then he asks, um, that's let me the, say something. The, that's the sole question to me at this point. Yes. What was the role of the FBI in convincing Twitter and Facebook and others to not go with that story and why did they do it well and how interesting it is it that elon musk just fired the former chief counsel of the fbi who is one of the higher up lawyers for twitter who was involved in this uh suppressing of the hunter biden laptop story so the guy who was advising the fbi during the period where the hunter biden laptop story was circulating and the fbi had the uh, uh computer and everything um 
He then took an active role in suppressing discussion of it at Twitter. Well, Byron York's got a good piece in the Examiner today about that. The FBI was spying on Rudy Giuliani at that time for a variety of reasons and uh, looking at his emails. And Giuliani was getting the emails from the guy who had the, the laptop to start with, the guy from the, uh, the, the, the computer repair shop, right? That guy right. contacted Rudy Giuliani, which was, you know, not helpful for America. But um, so they had a lot of info about uh, Hunter Biden's laptop and all that sort of stuff. How are they making their decisions based on that? that that's an interesting story. Well, JT may, uh, remarks, uh, you know, what wasn't an earmark of Russian disinformation? The repair guy who had the t- ha- laptop who knew Hunter dropped it off. Right. The only way it could have been Russian disinformation if it was Hunter was part of the Russian disinformation scheme. And that'd be a bigger story than a false flag operation by the FBI. No kidding. No kidding. That's, uh, there's more on that. Stay with us. If you miss an hour, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand. Armstrong and Getty. On a summer night in Paris... American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever, and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. First time in three years, office holiday parties are back. Yep, it's that magical night when you say, let's not talk about work, and then only talk about work. (laughs) Yeah, it's the same conversations you have at work, but now they're an inch from your ear and ten times the volume. I'm thinking about following up with Brian about that raise. So our holiday party's back. Has there been any word of, uh, have you heard anything about one around here, Michael? Uh, no, I think we're having some sort of potluck, actually. Mm. Oh, I enjoy a good potluck. Uh, I don't know about uh, around here. I don't have any idea, but I got to believe in general, a lot of places are, are you know, if if they can get one more year out of COVID of, ha- of getting to put off the party 
and spending a dollar or going through the hassle of doing it at all. And, of course, the concern of sexual harassment and over-drinking and everything that has killed holiday parties over the last many decades. Well, and the liability concerns as well, Jack. We need to keep those in mind. Yeah, well, with with, with the triple-demic going on, it's probably best we don't have a party. Okay. You know that that doesn't that doesn't come up enough when we're talking about the big quit and how people uh so many people quit their jobs and are looking for jobs that make their heart sing and that sort of stuff. There are a lot less workplaces that could even potentially make your heart sing than not that long ago when I was younger just for things like actual Christmas parties where people had a good time. Or a picnic in the summer or whatever. So much of that stuff has gone away over ridiculous, overwrought legal concerns um, or or political correctness that the jobs are just working in a lot of places a lot less fun than it used to be. Right. Just put out the memo. It's important we not relate to each other as human beings at all on any level. We are merely cogs in the machinery of this corporation. Remember that if you're ever tempted to smile at anyone or tell them they look nice or God help you ask them on a date. Or, yeah, exactly. Or perhaps your mom and dad met at work and have heard so many stories of that. Well, that's not going to happen here at Johnson Corporation. Here's one thing I can tell you, single 25-year-old man or woman. You will not meet your significant other at this workplace. I mean, is that going to keep people around? To paraphrase the communist Chinese, what did that? What did the drone say exactly? Deny your soul's quest for companionship, yeah, right. or whatever that said. Right. Uh, different topic. Do you know who George Gascon is? He's the district attorney in Los Angeles, the largest district attorney's office in America. So what they do. Should matter because, you know, oftentimes the uh, policies and and what flies flows from the big stuff. And this is the biggest one in the United States. Oh, yeah. He's uh, George Gascon's rock star. I'm sorry. He's uh, George Soros rock star. He has since December 2020. Gascon has survived two recall attempts two, which is unfortunate, but that's democracy at work. And a flurry of criticism from crime victims, elected and law enforcement officials that are of his own party as well as his own prosecutors mm-hmm. who thought this guy's crazy and out and, you know, and lost his mind. And that was over the soft on crime stuff that we've been talking about for the last several years. Well, the newest one is uh, Gascon has issued a directive to avoid adverse immigration consequences in your prosecuting. The idea mm-hmm. that uh, somebody commits a crime and you look at it and realize they're here illegally and you think, well, let's not charge them with this or let's not bring up that aspect of the crime because that's going to make it harder for them to stay in the country so let's leave that out with the concern being and this is from some of his um own fellow prosecutors that the new policy actually discriminates against native-born people who whose cases won't be given such consideration like if i commit a crime they're going to go ahead and charge me for all the things that i did Sure. Driving a stolen car, possession of a gun, all these different things. Whereas if I were here illegally, they might drop a couple of those because it would have an effect on my immigration status. Wow, that's an interesting tack to take. I mean, I would say he's a, uh, a, a, a globalist Marxist lunatic who's dangerous and ought not be in his job. And, and the policy is self-evidently ridiculous. But that's a pretty good legal tack to take. Yeah. 
A number of news organizations have obtained the special directive issued by the DA's office, George Gascon, ordering his prosecutors to avoid filing criminal charges that could lead to deportation for illegal immigrants and to seek diversion for them instead whenever possible. We cannot prosecute our weight out of the desperation that we have. The vice president of the union representing prosecutors in the LADA office, which normally would be on the side of their own, you know, head guy, is not here, uh, told reporters that this new policy appears discriminatory, t- discriminatory towards U.S. citizens. That's saying we're going to give better deals to someone because of their immigration status, as in you're on the wrong side of the immigration question. You're going to get a better deal than somebody who was native-born or filled out the paperwork and did all the stuff sure. they're supposed to do. Right, clearly. That's a smart way to look at it. I like it. I think that'll work. A spokeswoman for Gascon's office tells Fox News the new directive is a comprehensive immigration policy that protects vulnerable victims and prioritizes safety while attempting to avoid overly punitive consequences for the accused. So he has ex- he extends his view of the world where everybody is committing a crime, uh, you know, it did it just because of our unfair system to everybody who's committed a crime in here illegally really is being screwed by the world, and we should bend over backwards to make sure they don't pay a price for this. Right, and there's nothing exceptional about America. We have no right to protect our borders. Anybody can come in. Again, he's a globalist. He's a true global Marxist type. Uh, he also sounds like if uh, Kermit the Frog portrayed Count Dracula, which you, is distracting You get, you get at, at best. You get hung up on the way he talks a lot. Miss Piggy, I want to drink your pork-flavored blood. We cannot... Uh, prosecute our weight out of the desperation that we have. People from foreign countries should be able to violate our laws, Miss Piggy. And if you happen to be a U.S. citizen, oh, yeah, yeah, you'll get you'll get charged with all the things you did. But if you're uh, yeah. Unbelievable. If you're not, we'll uh, we'll overlook a couple of those things because that'd be unfair if you got kicked out of the country. I mean, come on. What are you supposed to do? You know, speaking of immigration, unless you have more on this topic? Uh, tangentially, but not this particular topic. Oh, okay. Because uh, we have the uh, the stuff about Joe Biden not visiting the border, though he was in Arizona like an hour from the border, and uh, and explaining it away. I thought we have a minute to do okay. this, don't we? Uh, Michael, hit us with clip number 40. It's Jackie Heinrich on uh, Fox News. In Phoenix, President Biden struggled to articulate the private company's semiconductor manufacturing investment that he ranks as more important than the illegal immigration crisis unfolding less than 200 miles away. His explanation for once again skipping a border visit while visiting a border state infuriating Republican lawmakers. Well, how the hell would he know? He hasn't been there. And it sure is uh, something that's pretty critically important to the people of Texas and, frankly, to the immigrants that are getting abused and dying. All right, this is my favorite part, though. Next clip, Michael. The White House says Biden wasn't being dismissive. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, I just laid out a couple moments ago, like when the president first walked into the administration, the first thing he did was put forth a comprehensive immigration reform uh, legislation. So that showed his commitment uh, to dealing with that issue. Tweeting about Biden's chosen travel schedule, the National Border Patrol Council says visiting an ice cream shop, very important. Visiting our border where illegal immigration, deaths, escapes and fentanyl smuggling set new records nonstop with thousands dying as a result, not important. Biden's really got that old man love of ice cream going. You know what he's got? 
he 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 determined early on in his political career, probably before he even ran for the U.S. Senate, that stopping at an ice cream shop is a good thing to do. It looks good in the local newspaper. And he's just still stuck on that. I was watching a video last night in bed of Bill Maher, uh, the comedian who talks politics a lot, talking about what a hack Joe Biden is. And Joe Biden is a hack. He uses yeah. all the old school, he's been doing it now for 60 years, political tricks of stopping to get an ice cream cone. <sighs> Whatever. Anyway, the idea of uh, of saying we got more important things to talk about, because you know how I, I feel about the whole visits to the border. I think they're. He, he knows what the border situation is going to the border is not going to he just he wants he doesn't want to raise the um uh, attention of it he doesn't want it he doesn't want to move it to the front page by mm. visiting the border he knows what's going on there but the, the Wall Street Journal interestingly off of that has a, re, uh, a, a a story today from their editorial board a rare opening for immigration compromise that's working behind the scenes and I don't know if Joe Biden's aware of this or not and just didn't want to like get in the middle of that because there's going to be some howling on both sides about it it's trading a path to citizenship for the dreamers which a lot of people on the right hate including me um, I, I, and, and I refuse to use the term they're DACA recipients. If you're going to call them dreamers, call them fairy dust angels. Dreamers, what the frig does that mean? I had a dream last night. Does that make me a dreamer? Come on, man. Sucker Carlson's whole opening last night was about how brilliant it was, really, for Barack Obama to call a bunch of people who are here illegally dreamers and how that, uh, you know, uh, changing of the language that everybody, including Republicans in the Wall Street Journal, Go ahead and use. I know. Help. That's why I won't. I won't be manipulated by the freaking left. Well, I'm reading from the Wall Street Journal. This deal includes a path to citizenship for so-called dreamers who are brought to the U.S. illegally as children. It also includes an, a one-year extension of Title 42, which makes it easier to remove illegal border crossers and would provide $40 billion to fund border security. Does that mean offense? Hmm. I wonder. But anyway, it's uh, it's going to help clamp down on the border while giving the Dreamers a path to citizenship, and that's bubbling behind the scenes currently. Whether or not it can actually come together, who knows? Yeah, I don't mind those kids who are brought as little kids that have lived here all their lives getting citizenship. That doesn't bother me in the least. I just don't appreciate the dishonesty of it. Fairy, day, fairy dust unicorns, that's what you want to call them? Fairy dust angels! Okay. All right, there's more on that to come, absolutely. German QAnon, it's uh, QAnon with a German twist. And a theory about the Idaho killings that I find troubling and compelling. I want to hear that. I have, I have no clue as to what's going on there. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever. And the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Of things you'll hear in hour two of the Armstrong and Getty show today. Did Kirstie Alley reach superhuman status in Scientology? What? The most dangerous shot in all of soccer on display yesterday. <laughs> and did the Iranian government poison 1,200 protesters over the weekend? That's quite Grr, a story. That's a little grim. Mm. Speaking of grim, Germany dismantles QAnon-inspired terrorist group suspected of plotting a coup. Of the 25 people arrested in the early hours of the day, 22 are suspected of conspiring to foment a coup. The others support it. Their alleged plans included an armed storming of the federal parliament. Uh, one of one of those uh, supporting the plot was a Russian citizen. We'll get back to them in a minute. But more than 3,000 police officers, including special forces, conducted raids at 130 properties across Germany, Italy, and Austria in one of the largest operations of its kind in recent history. Wow, I would say yeah. that's something. The group whose leaders included a former elite paratrooper commander had been attempting to recruit police and armed forces members and had sought to set up terrorist cells across Germany to help it install and maintain a military government, according to the prosecutor. What's, they were going to stage a military coup. What's their complaint, though? Um, you know, we our, our assault on the Capitol was Trump should be president. The election was stolen. What's their complaint? The group was inspired by the QAnon conspiracy that spread worldwide from the U.S. Uh, has been linked to uh, January 6th, as well as the German Reichsburger movement, which rejects the German state and its institutions. The uh, Let me get to some of the, uh, let's see, German Interior Minister says the terror organization was unearthed, was driven by violent takeover fantasies and conspiracy ideologies. Um, they don't believe that surely they don't believe there's a worldwide pedophilia gang running all these countries do they it's kind of similar the group uh was driven by a belief that germany is governed by a so-called deep state and would soon be freed by a so-called alliance of alleged secret societies of officials and military officers from various countries including the u.s and russia you know, I'm wondering if uh, what's missing in this whole story is a full understanding of what's going on in our Western democracies that has sowed the seeds of this sort of thing burbling up. What's the unhappiness people have with their current government system lifestyle that's making them so eager to buy into something like this? Or is it just the sort of fringe political idea that's always existed, Ah. but it's very difficult. It has always been very difficult to connect with like-minded people until 
the Internet. That might be it. These sorts of things have always been around. You just couldn't mm-hmm. get any organization going in the past. Yeah, yeah. The wow. loose leader, leaderless movement doesn't recognize the authority of the post-war German government. Members have printed their own passports and other documents and set up their own schools. Some factions seek to reestablish the German Empire that was dismantled after World War I. Um, so if your theory is right, and your theory is pretty good, that's going to make current governments feel like they have justification for way more clamping down on their citizenry. Ding. In terms of spying and fences and Ding. everything else that goes with it. Absolutely true. Yep. Domestic oh. intelligence. Right. Yeah. Lovely. Lovely. Unplug the internet. I'm trying to decide if I have time for this. I'll leap into it, and if we have to plunge on the other side of the break uh, in hour two. Hmm, er, hmm. Okay, I'll jump right into it. So this criminal defense uh, attorney, John Henry Brown, he's been practicing for decades. He notably represented one Theodore Ted Bundy in the 1970s and 1980s. One of the most famous serial killers of all time. Indeed, who preyed primarily on attractive young women. Uh, Brown, who's now based in Seattle, um, says he sees similarities between Bundy's activities and the killings in Idaho. Just the randomness of it is actually something that does stand out. Of course, most of Ted's misbehavior was random. There were times when Ted would follow people and then decide not to kill them. That was his way of exercising his grandiosity. You know, I can control life here and there. Um, Wow. He likened the scene in Idaho to a de facto sorority house um, and described the victims as really attractive young women primarily. There was a guy there, but that might have been just because he was there. Um, and he pointed out how much the University of Idaho victims were involved in Greek life, much like Bundy's 1978 murders of two women at Florida State University who are sorority sisters. He said most of the crimes of this nature are based on power and anger, more so than sex. Brown said Bundy held on animosity, quote, toward women in general because of a breakup he had when he was in college with somebody who I think he held a grudge against forever. Um, and, and you may recall he killed some women and got caught and escaped prison and changed his appearance and murdered more young women. Um, in Florida. Uh, let's see. And and it was it was that whole hatred toward women, sexual frustration, you know, rapey thing. And I'm not making light of it, but it's it, it's it, it's quasi sexual, but did, has much more to do with anger and control. Did we mention we're referencing the killings in Idaho? Mm hmm. OK, uh, yeah. so that's the, the latest theory from this person anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I'm just I'm reviewing some some more of what's said and just I'm not saying this is what happened. But I mean, the lack of any suspects at this point, jealous ex-boyfriends, hometown honeys, um, you know, an interaction at a party last week, anything. These people have extensive social circles. I know, having raised and, you know, had three kids go through college, if there's something going on, they've been talking to somebody about it, um, especially, you know, sorority young women. Mm-hmm. So is it a, a rando who saw pretty women, followed them home with sexual rage? Who knows? Hard to solve a crime like that. There was no sexual assault, according to the cops. Right, right. 
Um, we have plenty to talk about. Senate race, some stuff going on. Oh, Time just named their man of the year, which used it's, to be a really big deal. person of the year, you misogynist. Which used to be a really, really big deal. Uh, not so much anymore. We'll get to all that stuff coming up. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.